create. It's what enables an individual to persevere in accomplishing a goal despite obstacles, barriers and ceilings placed in their way over and over again. On SEN, this is Grit with Daisy Pierce. Yes, these women excel in their chosen field, but that's only part of their story. We want to tell the rest of it. The part about how they've done so while juggling other responsibilities like motherhood, professional careers, or the heavy burden of being first and different. Every week we'll spend an hour in their world and find out how they do it. This is Grit. My guest this week is Hanine Zraker, a talented 20-year-old footballer taking the weight of being first in her stride. The youngest daughter of Lebanese migrants, Hanine made history as the first Muslim woman to play AFLW when she debuted for the GWS Giants in round one last season. It was only five years earlier that she was introduced to the game at all, and the story of how she found her way to the highest level is incredible. It involves fake names, an encouraging mother unfazed by the norms, and a 157-centimetre competitor with impressive resilience. We caught up in her family home in Western Sydney, where she was generous enough to give me her one hour between work and football training. Hanine tells me what footy, family and her religion mean to her. Tell me about your family. We'll start there because everyone's here. It's a privilege to be welcomed into your home. So tell me about your family. Um, I have two older brothers and two older sisters and I live with my mum. We are big family, level-orientated. <laughs> um, I have one niece, I have five nephews. Yeah, pretty much. And we are a rugby league fan, <laughs> not an AFL fan. So <laughs> we'll talk about your football journey in a minute, but it sounds like it was harder to convince them that you should play AFL, <laughs> not because of your religion or culture, but more so be just because they're NRL fans. Is that right? Yep. So when I bring an A4 ball home, they're like, what are you doing? Like, they're, and they were shocked as well. They don't know what A4 was. And I think they still don't know. I think my mum, when like, like if there's a goal, she's like, good try, good try. No. <laughs> Not a goal. But yeah, slowly learning. Yeah. And tell me about your family's history or heritage. You were born here in Sydney. What about your mum? So my mum was born in Lebanon mm-hmm. and she came here when you were 16. So when she was 16, she came here. And then, um, yeah, so slowly... We were all born here and then, yeah, she still visits here and there. Yeah, back to Lebanon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, have you been back to Lebanon? Yeah, I went um, two years ago and I've been three times, but the recent one was two years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now tell me, when you go home or go back to Lebanon, not your home, your mum's home, you probably get known as an Australian. <laughs> Is it funny then that in your own country that people constantly ask about what it means to be Lebanese or a Muslim? Do you find that? interesting yeah given that most people back there would say you're in australia yeah yeah. so um i think when i go there they straight away know you're australian like oh gosh she's from australia yeah and then um when i'm here i'm known as a muslim lebanese from western sydney yeah yeah i think it's a bit it's it's funny that in my own country i'm known as something else and then when i'm over there i'm known as something else as well yeah so it's a bit yeah how do you how have you dealt with that what are the challenges with that i think that i just um, say that I'm Lebanese Australian Muslim because mm-hmm. I am born here but my culture is Lebanese mm-hmm. so I think I just tell them that I am both 
Yeah, and I guess being a Muslim is only one part of who you are. I guess now that you've been the first Muslim to play AFLW, people want to focus on that part of your story a lot. What does it mean to you to be a Muslim woman? Um, being a Muslim woman is it's like I'm proud. I'm so happy that I'm Muslim. Like, in everything that we do is like, it shows us kindness, patience, um, the way in life. Like, we have to be good to everyone. Like, no matter if they're not Muslim, they're whatever. We just have to be good. We have to treat people like they're our own. So we treat others. It's like they're just Muslim. So our neighbours, we have to treat them like they're our own family. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what teaching us the right way, teaching us to be good, teaching us to have, like, kindness, just kindness, patience and just, yeah, everything. I guess the perception for the outside world can be that... To be a Muslim woman, that people might feel sorry for you for the kind of gendered ideas, but for so many, it's not the case. Is that your experience? Yes, yeah, so being a Muslim girl, I think it's a bit harder for us women in our Muslim community, but I think that I'm so happy that I have a mum that supports and so easygoing and lets me, like, doesn't think, oh, yeah, um, I've got to follow this cultural thing. No, nah, I'll let my daughter play sport. Mm-hmm. Just... And why do you think your mum is that way rather than maybe a more conservative approach? Um, I think she just, she, she's very easygoing and she lets, like, she just allows it and knows that, that I'm not doing nothing wrong mm-hmm. and knows that, that at the end of the day, like, if I'm doing something wrong, it's, like, it's my fault. Mm-hmm. But playing sport isn't something wrong. And something that I enjoy and that makes me happy, which is what makes her happy. And did you ever have to try and convince her or was that always her, her view and attitude towards your I mean, sport? That was, that was always her view and yeah. attitude, yeah. Um, within your community and your friends, have you ever had to defend um, Hanine for her wanting to play sport? Like, to... Yeah, you know, not really, because they everyone push her to play sport. Yeah. They celebrate her. Yeah, because she's a good girl. She doesn't do anything wrong. Yeah. That's why they say... You can do anything because you are a good player and you're good. They're proud of her. Okay. Yeah. Is it different for you to have a mum like that that is encouraging? Do you have friends within the Muslim community here that maybe wouldn't be so so supported? Yeah, um, I do. I have heaps of friends that I think they're just, they come from probably like just a different type like they just their family sees sport for guilt differently mm-hmm. than to my mom like for example I used to have a friend in our local club that we had to wash her clothes because her family didn't know she played sport and that was a big deal like I can imagine coming to play sport then you have to change your clothes and act like you never played mm. that's a bit hard I think yeah it's so important to have your family's yeah, and blessings and support yeah that's what it means to you to be a Muslim what does it mean to you to be an Australian being Australian, I think I'm very proud. We live in such a fair and, like, good country. I think this is probably the best country ever. Like, the way they do everything, the way they are fair, accepting, and they're not, like, they're not racist. And I think that's something huge. Like, going to another country, I hear all this stuff about it. But Australia, like, they are fair. Like, I can't imagine, like, uh, imagine they're not accepting us. Like, what would we do? But we are grateful that. Yeah, Australia's probably the best country. Mm-hmm. There's probably nothing more Australian than somebody who's trying to decide between <laughs> rugby and football. <laughs> um, how did you get to discover, how did you come to discover Australian rules football? I've, I've heard it's a pretty cool story. 
So um, I played rugby league from 6 to 12 and then there was no more pathway for girls because I had to stop at 12 because of the boys. And then from 13, 14, 15, I just did school sport. And then um, one of my teachers, there was a guy there to deliver a full program for the boys. And then my teacher called out to me and said, why don't you go have a run? And I told him, I don't know what AFL is. And he's like, why don't you just catch, kick and tackle? You'll be fine. I was like, okay, out of class, let's go. And I think from then on, I started I was like oh wow this is not a bad game and then I got to a local club and it's just where yeah so you were at school and there was a program there aimed at um I guess exposing the game to multicultural boys um and the teacher who I think was was it Mr Grace yeah, yeah Mr. Grace. I've heard about Mr Gray yeah, Mr Gray yeah, was it Mr Gray he said, hey, don't worry about the boys. <laughs> We've got a very good yeah. girl here that you need to have a look at. Yeah. He's probably a big part of why I started AFL and I think he's pushing me. He's always telling me, get, go play with the boys. Always telling me, like, there was a boys team and he'd be like, nah, she's in first. Like, he didn't care. Like, it was a big part of my, yeah, yeah. why I started AFL and everything. Just encouraged you and... Yeah, and always told me to, like, believe in myself and, like, always, like, got me included in sport. I think if it wasn't for him, I think I would have not started AFL. And what happened from there? You, you said you went and played community football. You went to the Auburn Giants, which can you tell us a little bit about the Auburn Giants? Yeah, Auburn Giants is a, um, back then it was just all these Lebanese women scarfed and we didn't know how to kick, we didn't know how to mark and like um, before I came they were losing games by like 200 nil but the thing is I knew about them is that they wanted to just play, they didn't care about the score, they were having fun, every game there was like drums, there was road trips, there was a party after even if we won or lost, I think it was just, it was so fun like experience that and then Auburn Giants like they have actually helped me so much like especially Emma, Josh, um, Josh literally started from scrap with me, he literally three times a week, he lives He's at, the coach? No, he, he was the brother's coach okay. and um now he's living in Melbourne and he literally made me like, he lives an hour away from me. He used to wake up at six o'clock and he used to come train me just to get my kick better, to get my fitness up. And yeah, um, I think that was a big, big deal. And Anna like encouraged me to tell him to never lose hope, to make me the person I am. I think, yeah, it was a big well, we'll talk more about Amna and the Giants because there's an awesome story about your first game for the Auburn Giants, but we'll do that in the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to This Is Grit on SEN thanks to Victoria Police. Victoria Police is now recruiting. Apply now. On SEN, This Is Grit with Daisy Pearce. Welcome back to This Is Grit, thanks to Victoria Police. Victoria Police now recruiting. An insight into the women breaking down barriers in sport, my guest this week is GWS Giants player Hanine Zraker, the first Muslim woman to play AFLW. Okay, Hanine, I want you to tell us the story about your first game at the Auburn Giants. <laughs> um, the first game, I was probably 14 turning 15, and then um, I know I was too young to play in the women's division. So there's no junior football at this stage. So you had to play senior women's, but there was an age limit. You had to be 15, is that right? Yeah, to be 17. Oh, 17. Yeah. <laughs> and you were... I was 14, turning 15. Oh. <laughs> All right, talk us through it. Um, I was like, I want to play. And they were like, you can't underage. I was like, why don't you put me under someone else's name? And I did. And then um, I played that game and then... 
I got caught. <laughs> I got, yeah, so I played that game. I, I actually really enjoyed I did well. And then two days later, Emma calls me and says, we got caught, we can't play you anymore. <laughs> Hang on, let's rewind. This story deserves more, more time. Um, so you've turned up at the Auburn Giants. Thank you. <laughs> Looks delicious. <laughs> um, we've just been presented a beautiful little Lebanese sweet. <laughs> this is Marushabzatur. Um, it's like Arabic. It's like, like Arabic. It's like a Lebanese. It's like Lebanese pizza. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, pizza. Yeah. Organa pizza. Yeah. So okay. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So this and my. Hello to Jibna. Hello to Jibna. I know what you're up to. <laughs> Hanine is trying to fatten me up so that I can't keep up with her when we play against her next year. <laughs> I know these tricks, Hanine. <laughs> You've got your mum on to me. <laughs> no, thank you, Nuha. It looks beautiful. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, you've turned up at the Auburn Giants. They've thought, oh, my goodness, this girl is a gun. We have to play her. She's about three years off the legal playing age. <laughs> But we're going to find a way. So you concocted a plan to play under a fake name. Well, it wasn't a fake name. It was the name of another girl who was injured. Yeah. And out you went. Yeah. It was all going really well, this plan, until you starred yeah. <laughs> and everyone started talking about you. <laughs> and my, I had a flat. I used to play with a flat. And then no one, no one plays with a flat. So I used to always play with a flat. And I think um, that gave it away <laughs> yeah because by this stage the the session at school that we were speaking about before you were already identified at that so people had started talking about you at afl new south wales and then this very similar sounding girl turns up playing for the auburn giants a few weekends later <laughs> but she's got a different name <laughs> and it all came undone <laughs> And done, let's see. I was like, oh, I was really starting to enjoy it. And then um, there was literally no local club for me. I was like, oh. So I just kept training with Auburn. And, yeah, and I just started joining the under-18s um, New South Wales team. And then I think it's just how it flew. Yeah. Did they apply for you to play underage the next year? Yeah. They went through the proper channels <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> so the next year, I was still underage and... Um, I was only allowed, only got six games allowed, and then there was a guy that could request for more, and um I didn't know who the guy was until um I went to my under 18s national round, and then um I was in Perth and it was like a Friday and then I was walking and his name is Maddie Graham, and um he was like to me oh so you play for Auburn I was like yeah. I'm like, I'm only playing six games, but I'm waiting till someone to let me play all of them. He's like, you know who makes that decision? I'm like, no. <laughs> and then he's like, me. I'm like, oh, my God, let me play. <laughs> and then he's like, I think after this weekend, I, I am. <laughs> and then I think from then on, I, I got the games. And, yeah, we had a pretty good year. I think we lost the preliminary final. Well, your passion for football's infectious. So... I don't know how Maddie Graham would have said no to you. I can understand why you, you twisted his arm and you were allowed to play all the games after that. Um, what, what happened from there? So you said you started getting involved in the New South Wales state team. How did you get to those? I understand that you live at home, single mum. Did, was there some... The Auburn Giants got together with the AFL and said, this girl is that good, we have to make sure she gets these opportunities. Mm. And how did that all play out? Yeah, um, it was like, I think... Amla kept saying um, that we're going to help you, we're going to 
even you need lifts there, we'll get you there. We're going to, like, try to fund you. And then I think that's, like, it all happened together. And then I think and Nikki, Nikki Flamboros from the AFL, she really pushed her. She's a multicultural lady. She really helped. Maddie Graham helped. And I think I'm not part of the club. And um, having Harvey Norman as a sponsorship was a really big deal. Yeah. In what way? In every way. I think Katie Page, like, she believes in women's sport, which, like, Auburn Dryer wouldn't have all these stuff if it wasn't for her. And I think that because of her passion for women, I think that's what made Auburn Dryers grow and made me who I am today in the AFL field. And it was all for a good cause because you not only got there to represent New South Wales, but in 2017 you made the All-Australian team, which is starting to be a bit of a big deal by then because it's not just the honour of an All-Australian team, there's the opportunity to get drafted is now a thing with AFLW invented. Yeah. Can you remember that achievement and were you starting to think you wanted to make a career of it? Yeah, um, when I heard that there was, it was that saying, journey to 2017, I was like, oh, wow. And then I kept, like, I was being around those girls. It was like, I think, 40 girls in Melbourne. And most of them were like the 18 year old age. And I was saying that, like, we want to make a, and like going from New South Wales to Melbourne and training with Melbourne girls, I just realised that, like, wow, like, they're so, like, different to us, their skills, the everything. I was like, I got it, like, I got to train if I want to make it. And um, knowing, like, from then, I was like, like, and watching that game, the exposition game, yeah. I was like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not going to be easy, but I knew that, like, seeing all of his run out, playing, having fun, and just have the crowd there, I was like, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Footy means a lot to you, doesn't it? I was speaking to Amna about you and she said that you didn't love school <laughs> and that your school, the Auburn Giants, your family maybe used football to make sure you completed your schooling <laughs> and that's how passionate you are about yeah. it. Is that is that true? 100%. Um, I never used to go to school. I used to wake up late and be like, oh, should I go today or not? But um, my school was so good, like, good to me, how they treated me. They literally got me, um, even the AFL and my school combined together and they got me a tutor to help me finish my assessments and I could choose the tutor and I chose um, one of my teachers. So he helped me do my work and I literally came first in a class. I know, like, I didn't believe it. I got a award as well on the day of my presentation. I was Proud like, moment. Yeah, I was like, oh, something not about sport. <laughs> so um, literally it was so good. Like, I'm sure the certificate's up here somewhere. <laughs> So that really drew me to finish school and I'm so happy I finished school because now I've got a job that requires like to, to go to school and I'm so happy and like being so easygoing but pushing me at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think I'm so grateful that like I could have moved to a school closer but I was like nah to my mum. I was like nah when I'm moving I'm saying that to school and look what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. I, two years later I got like I got to a sport that I didn't know AFL discovered by my teacher and letting our school finish me in year 12 which was big fate yeah <laughs> um and you've just finished work and we've got about an hour before you go off to training so thanks for having me in your busy schedule but is it a bit funny that you hated school and didn't want to go and now you've found yourself you work at a school <laughs> so you spent all those years trying to get out of it <laughs> and now you're back there <laughs> what what do you do Honestly, um, I'm a teacher aide and I, didn't, I couldn't believe I would ever be in a school. Like, um, when I was playing for the under-18s Bulldogs, 
um for work like the careers was we're hoping get me a job and then she goes she told me i've no when she was supposed to only make me use um a resume that day she's like oh there's a job at kusula puppy school as a teacher aide i'm like mm, what's that she's like you help the kids like you're the extra teacher I'm like, nah, I don't think she'll sure? school sure the- wasn't my thing. Nah. She's like, Are you sure the boys will take it then? I'm like, alright, I'll take it then. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, and then honestly, this is the best job, like, knock on wood, like I hope I'll stay in it forever. Mm-hmm. But this job, like, it's just shows me that like how my teachers were to me, what I'm doing to the kids. Chance to give yeah. that. 100%. Beautiful. Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. Thanks to Victoria Police. Victoria Police now recruiting. Apply now. After the break, we speak to Hanine's mum about her daughter's undeniable competitiveness and how she just had to let her go and play. On SEN, this is Grit with Daisy Pearce. Welcome back to This Is Grit, thanks to Victoria Police. Victoria Police now recruiting. An insight into the women breaking down barriers in sport. My guest this week is GWS Giants player Hanine Zraker, the first Muslim woman to play AFLW. Hanine's mum, Nuha, came to Australia when she was 16 and she tells us how she saw her daughter's competitive spirit from an early age and how she was compelled to let her play. What did it mean to you to get drafted? It actually meant so much. Like, I was, I was like, yes, my hard work didn't go for nothing. And, like, um, I do have a little, like, guilt in my brain saying that, like, if I don't make it, like, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to react. And um, I think I just try to stay positive ways and, I like, I know that... Um, like you can be so talented but effort is better than talent like if you need to like work hard it work hard beats talent mm-hmm. so like from my second year going down to the draft I was like that's it I'm gonna work hard work hard work hard and then let's see how it plays out but as long as I know I worked hard that's what I will actually benefit for me. Mm-hmm. And despite all the accolades in that under-18s year, all Australian, you tested well at the Combine, um, you were made to wait and made to earn it. What did you learn from that experience? Um, I learnt that everything happens at its right time. I think that year wasn't just my year. I think that better things are going to fall into place. And then I know like it, it still bothers me that for the first year, but then knowing that the outcome came, it was even better. Mm-hmm. I think that really tested me and it tested me to get better because, like, I know my my fitness and running and it, that's good, but then I realised that my skills can get better. Mm-hmm. I think just having a year made me reflect on myself mm-hmm. and be thankful for people who are around me and knowing, yeah. How would you describe yourself as a player? Uh, for those that haven't seen Hanine play, I recommend you do. Um, Try and picture a rugby player turned footballer <laughs> and you'll be halfway there. But how, how how do you describe yourself as a player? I think I like to get in and dirty. I like to win the ball. Mm-hmm. I like to tackle and um, I think just being physical, I think that's my thing. Why did you start playing rugby? Because it's probably not the most natural thing for a girl to walk out and decide she was going to play and probably not the most natural thing for a Muslim girl <laughs> to decide she was going to walk out and play. What, how did you find yourself in, in rugby? Um, so um, I used to go to the park. My brothers were playing at the Greenacre Tigers home ground and then one day um, I was like to my mum, can I just join that boys team? And she's like, yeah, you can train with them. And then the, the coach goes, oh, can she play in our team? Like, I don't want the boys, I want her. And then mum's like, okay, okay, you can go play with them. And then that's it, from 6 to 12, she never missed a game. And I played every game with um, 
Schooner Tigers in a boys' team. Nuha, I was going to ask you how you came to let um, Hanine go and play rugby, but I nearly answered my own question when I pulled up out the front because the rugby oval is literally yeah. just there. <laughs> was part of the reason you, you wanted her or you, you were happy for her to go and play rugby because at least you knew where she was? <laughs> no, we was in Greenacre when oh. we start. Okay. Yeah, and uh, she was six. She said, I want to play, I want to play like my brother. I told her, okay, go and try. And uh, the coach, he do for her training. Yeah. He's coming back. Look, I don't want all the boys. I want Hanin only. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, I push her and she play very good. And she's the best. All the other team, they said, if we broke Hanin, the team, nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And one little boys, they say, when she's big, I want to marry her. <laughs> she's mine. <laughs> what did you say to the boys about that? Yeah, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I give it to, to you present. <laughs> yeah. Take her off my hands. <laughs> um, she's good. Yeah. She playing uh, hard. When, uh, you know, when she have game, she's worried, I want to win, I want to win, I want to win on his head. She's a competitor. <laughs> yeah, she likes to be win. She doesn't like to lose. <laughs> where, did, where do you think that comes from in her? Uh, did you see that when she was young, very young? Yeah, I am. Yeah, when she's uh, two years, uh, we've got to story before. She's coming down in two o'clock in the morning, you know, morning, two o'clock. Mm. She's coming, uh, she's going down the stairs and she play by her, in her brother's games. And she say, Mama, shh. <laughs> and she's coming back to sleep. <laughs> she likes to do something like, yeah. you know, hard, something really, like, uh, because their brother, they didn't give her you know, the she, they didn't let her yeah, play, yeah. but she found she, a way. Yeah, she need to do it. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had to explain to your friends um, why you let her? Uh, do your friends ask you why? No, 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 no one, but no one business. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't let anyone challenge. You. Yeah, yeah, in my life, you know. Yeah, if I need to do something, you know what's best yeah, for your family. Yeah. 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 Were you? Did you get an opportunity to play sport? Um, me. Yeah. When I was young, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. sports did you play? Uh, volleyball. Volleyball. <laughs> Do you think you would have made a good footballer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was. <laughs> yeah. I'm never stop. Uh, you know, I'm always like to move. Yeah. I don't like to sit. Okay. Active. Yeah. So when I ask, where does it come from in Hanin? Maybe a little bit from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't like to sit uh, to do, for, to do any things. I like to do everything in you know, in once. Yeah. I don't left. <laughs> I can't. For some Muslim families, is it true that the girls are encouraged to marry and have children? They they can push her. No. Uh, Every family is different, but. They so can push it. Yeah, so like a girl shouldn't be forced. Back in the days, yeah, it was pretty much forced. No, no, no. Because in Muslim, they can even force their girls to marry. Mm -hmm. They have to ask her. Mm -hmm. 
they have to ask you, do you want a married man okay. or not? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the people, they have hard brain, mm-hmm. not for, you know, because Muslim, no. No. No, no. Because the Muslims say that you have to ask the girls, you mm-hmm. want to marry it or not? Mm-hmm. And it's never been, you've never wanted to put pressure on her name no, for that. No, no, yeah. no, no, everyone. Yeah. I've, got, I've got other two girls. Yeah, they, you know, they meet the boys and they come. They wanted that for yeah, themselves. They, yeah, they come to ask me, I want to marry They don't push them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Hanane said, I want to marry football. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. You know, believe me, the religion, they didn't make hard. But there's some, you know, guy. Oh, so what you're they saying hard, is... They hard, not okay. the religion. So, it, you know, so it's, yeah. it's not the, the Muslim religion. No, no, no. no, no. It's, it's a, an interpretation never, never. of that no, that just, gives the perception that no, they're pressured. We, we have to look after myself, mm-hmm. you know. We can work. We can talk with anyone, any man, mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. But you have to be respectful to yourself. No, yeah. no, you respect yourself. You don't make, you know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Hanine, I don't. I hope you don't mind me asking. Why do you choose not to wear a scarf? Um, so I think it's like it's when I'm ready. I think that I follow the religion. I do everything. I fast. I pray. I like read Quran. I like I do everything I think but it's step by step I go I don't want to force myself that something that I'm gonna like be like I'm not ready I wasn't ready for it I like to take step by step so slowly I think one day I'll put it on when I'm ready mm-hmm. and I think that's when I'll just I'll be that's it I'll be happy I fulfilled my religion mm-hmm. so um that's why I get that a lot why do I don't wear it I think that I don't want to wear it and take it off later. I'd rather just wear it and that's it. It's full on. But mm-hmm. I'd rather wear it when I'm ready and it will be step by step. Thanks for listening to This Is Grit. Thanks to Victoria Police. Victoria Police now recruiting. Apply now. After the break, Hanine explains some Muslim customs and shares a few light-hearted stories about educating her teammates in the footy sheds. Welcome back to This Is Grit. Thanks to Victoria Police. Victoria Police now recruiting. An insight into the women breaking down barriers in sport, my guest this week is GWS Giants player Hanine Zraker. She invited me into the family home to talk footy and religion. So normally if you were going to football and it, prayer time was while you are at football, would you pray at training or at your game? Yeah, so, um, so I think um, so when we went to interstate, I could pray them together so it didn't really interfere with mm-hmm. my um, game time. And I think at training, so we train in the summer. So um, right now, if I went there, I would have prayed there now. But mm-hmm. in summer, because um, it, the days are longer, mm-hmm. so my um, the time that I'm supposed to pray, the third one will be be later. Will be at like five mm-hmm. in summer, and then I think we start at five fifteen. So I okay. think it gives me fifteen minutes Beforehand. to yeah to yep. go do that, and then um, the next one will be when the sun goes down, and I'll make it before I'll come home. Yeah, and I'll make it before the next one. Mm-hmm. So. So how might what you pack in your footy bag be different to what I'd pack in my footy bag? <laughs> I'd I'd pack my whole headpiece and my skirt to pray at thing, and um, um yeah, so it will be different. My boots, yeah, that's the same as everyone, but um, I always have to pack a praying stuff, yeah, to go with me. So you wear a complete you 
completely different outfit for when you pray. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a space for doing that at the club? At the Yeah. So you can go in any room, but um, there's email at Ali that uh, the multicultural people, and they said that um, to tell them whenever, but to go in any empty room, empty room and I can just pray. Mm-hmm. And they, they're trying to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was speaking to people that played under-18s with you, and is it true that maybe one day some of your teammates dressed up in your prayer clothes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think I was at under-18s camp, and um, all the girls were like, oh, what do you do? Like, i got to go pray. They go, what do you mean? I go, you have to wear this. And they all tried. They're like, oh, wow. <laughs> they were like, this is what you wear. I'm like, yes. <laughs> So why do you take it off when you pro- when you don't? Because like, I'm not ruining it fully yet. And they're like, oh, okay, we understand. <laughs> so another chance yeah. to teach them about your your religion. <laughs> um, have you ever... That's all the wonderful part of being involved in footy. Um, I guess being able to educate people about what it really means to be Muslim and um, share your culture. Have you ever experienced any bad? Have you ever been racially vilified or i hope the answer's no as someone that um i would hope the answer's no being an aflw player but um yeah have you experienced anything um, negative yeah, i don't i don't think i think that um i haven't like experienced negative but like i think like some people just have that idea in their head that like when what they see on the news and on the internet is what they think that every muslim is but I think once they get to know and get to, like, what happened in Christchurch especially, I think that's, like, that was a big major wake-up call that not every Muslim's like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, that when that happened, I think that that just gave me, like, knowing that I had, like, 15 people from different clubs messaging me saying, oh, we are with you, hope you're okay. And then, like, knowing that people, like, don't think we are all the same was a major, like, like saying that, wow, like... AFL is like so supportive and knowing that there's no racism in it mm-hmm. I think it's a big deal mm-hmm. um just on the Christchurch attacks you had to play football that weekend um how did it come about that your teammates all wore black armbands was that something you asked or um did they yeah how did it come about so um um it was the day of so we're playing the day of what happened in Christchurch um I was like when I found out I was like a pretty upset and then um um, I think my coach reached out to me and he goes, like, I hope you're okay. Like, do you see what's on the internet? I'm like, yeah. And then, so when we got to the ground, um, we had, we had a coach meeting before we get warmed up. Um, and he said that, did anyone see anything on the internet today? And then they're like, yeah, we did. And then they're like, we have a Muslim player. We're going to wear a black armband and just to show our support. So I think that was, yeah. Yeah, what did it mean to you I when... It, it meant it actually meant so much knowing that I have support of the girls and the AFL, knowing that like knowing what happened and they're supporting no matter what religion I am, that everyone's inclusive. Mm. Was it coincidence that you played your best game that day? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't Cause know. Because you got the Rising Star nomination yeah. that week, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that I just went out there and said like, like, see, I'm like, this is the last game doesn't matter what happened today I'm gonna to play my best I'm gonna like I'm gonna just try to think of positive 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 and um um I got like good game time and I was like I was just I was enjoying myself and I think that um knowing what the girls were doing for me I thought I gotta do the same like I gotta put my my body on the line and everything and I'm saying that like 
I know everything in the back of my mind, but I'm on the footy field. I've got to, like, distract that. I've got to, I've got to play footy now. So, yeah, how would you manage Ramadan? Tell us what Ramadan is so that if anyone doesn't know what it means for you, um, yeah, then tell us what it means for your footy. Um, Ramadan is, like, a holy month in our um, community and our culture. Um, it's when we fast from sunrise to sunset, so we're not going to have no water or no food from that from those times and um we literally just the whole month that we like pray to god we like we try to perfect our good deeds and everything and we got to feel like what the poor people like we got to like how the poor people have nothing we got to like put our situation in there mm-hmm. and um playing sport like i play i played v4 one game and i played like local club but to play a professional sport i haven't tried it yet so um, I don't know what we'll be like, but um, I know that um, I gotta like get some tips off like maybe Basha or Adam Saad to see how they cope, cause they, cause I know they were playing even though their ones a bit not in summertime. Um, I still need to understand how they do, how they keep hydrated, how they don't get a stitch from not eating, mm. just to learn and get tips. So when I fast, I can like in the morning when I wake up, so I can just have it already. Be ready to go. Um, do you follow Basha and Adam Saad's career more closely? Do you know those guys? Yeah, so I met Basha and Adam at um, the Giants Iftar night. That was the first time I met. And um, now, like, I'm actually following slowly. I like Richmond and Essendon. Because of those boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we spoke before about the Basha Huli Academy as well. Um, is that program for boys? And would you like, can you see in the future maybe a Hanin Zreka Academy? Um, yeah, so um, I know he has a boys one and I think he has a girls one, but I don't know if he's part of that one yet. But um, hopefully one day um, people have been talking that we might get a Sydney Hanin Zreka Academy mm-hmm. and I think that's what I will strive for. That will be my biggest goal, mm-hmm. to get young Muslim girls in and to start playing sport. When we talk about all these things, what what do you think that the AFL can do or keep doing and the clubs to make sure that you're not the last um, fem- uh, Muslim woman to play AFLW? Um, I think just pathways from young, um, making like an academy as well for young Muslim and just not saying that like um, it's just about football. Maybe have beliefs in there as well so their parents can be like, oh, so this is everything, not just about football. They're teaching them about their faith as well. I think that having that will be a big one and having that they they include everyone and that um, they, don't, they don't agenda anyone, that you could wear your headpiece, you could wear your long sleeve. I think that that will be a big deal for women mm-hmm. and their parents will allow that. Um, like knowing that heaps now that AFL is probably big sport now for Muslim girls playing I think that's like and it's not like it's not as dangerous as some other sports like that girls play I think that um the way they are going in their pathways and including and doing everything is like big step mm-hmm. so you have a lot of friends that love AFL as well um yeah most of them from the over giants yeah. but like my friends friends that I play like Ostag with and that they just tell me that when we go watch you, we when you touch the ball, we clap. Other than that, we don't know what you're doing. <laughs> You've mentioned a few times that 
you know, you're disappointed when people base their opinion on you and your religion and culture off what they see on the internet. What do you feel or what do you think when stories come up about terrorism that is then blurred with um, being a Muslim? Yeah. Um, how does that make you feel or what, how do you deal with that? I know that's a very complex question. Give me the very short answer. <laughs> um, I think, like, I've, I just know that what, I know what we are and I think that, like, you can't judge a book by its cover and I think that taking your time to get to know someone and not thinking about, oh, look what they are, this is what they are, I think just getting to know someone will just change, change how you think about someone. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. <laughs> um, I hope that we're helping to do that today. Um, all right, this is my hardest question then of the whole day. You, you won't get a tougher question than this one. Rugby league or AFL? <laughs> um, if you had to choose. Because you're still playing rugby league at the moment, aren't you? In your off-season. Yeah. But if um, you had to choose, which one? If, if and pretend mum's not listening because <laughs> you might get in trouble. <laughs> um, if I actually had to choose, it would be AFL because rugby league was just a natural thing that I grew up with. But AFL, I had to work hard to get to where I am. And like from all the setbacks I've had and from all the people that have came into my life from it and from people that pushing me, I think that my love for the game has grown more than than my love for rugby league. Mm-hmm. Who do you follow? Who's your team that you support? Probably the Giants, Giants now. Yeah. You didn't have a team before the Giants? No, no. I didn't have a team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Hanine and Nuha, thanks for your time and thanks for having me in your home. Um, loved catching up. Um, I've watched your career from afar um, and admire what you do but haven't had the chance to spend a lot of time with you. Um, but, yeah, thanks for spending time with me and teaching me more about your religion and culture and family (laughs) thanks daisy thanks for listening to this is grit thanks to victoria police you're more suited than you might think to join victoria police apply now thanks to hanine's raker for sharing her story and welcoming me into the family home and thanks to her mum Nuha for her time not to mention the take-home pack of halawat al-jeban i'll be taking her up on her offer to come back for a lebanese barbecue next time i'm in sydney as well My guest next week is Australian marathon runner Jess Stenson. Two-time Commonwealth Games bronze medalist and two-time Olympian, Jess has recruited a new training partner in the lead-up to her third Olympics. Her and her husband Dylan are expecting their first baby in November and Jess is aiming to be fit and firing, ready for the Tokyo Olympics the following August. Hear all about her journey next week on This Is Grit.